0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Chalkboard History. It's uh, another beautiful day here in Middle Tennessee. Last episode of The Mandalorian was last night, episode <laughs> three. By the time, episode three, season three. So by the time that you are watching this, all will be revealed To some sitting in this room, clearly, who don't want me to provide any spoilers, Mm -hmm. our illustrious professor working in the background on the soundboard today. So let's see. What are we going to talk about today? With me again today, Christy Farrow, director of African and African American history, but also does research on just about um, anything that we need done. And... A few weeks ago, I alluded to the fact that we were going to talk about General Earl Van Dorn, and this is a soap opera-ish story about Spring Hill, Um, one that I have heard in different kind of forms for, you know, as long as I had, from when I first visited. So, what we want to talk about is what the story was versus what we think the story may actually be. So I think probably most everyone either watching or listening has heard the general theme of this. We know one thing for certain. Earl Van Dorn was killed by a man named George Peters. The common story told for the better part of a century and a half is that Peters killed Van Dorn because Van Dorn, the womanizer that he was, was having an affair with Peter's wife Jessie McKissick who happens to be sisters with Susan McKissick who's married to Nat Chairs and they live right here at Ripavilla. So Jessie um, was hooking up with Mr. (laughs) Van Dorn while Mr. Peters was out of town, comes home, finds out and shoots old General uh, Van Dorn back here, or hidden behind Christie's head, kills him, which ironically leads to Nathan Bedford Forrest's ascension to Confederate command here in Middle Tennessee. However... Is that true? That is true. Hmm. We also know that there was a child born, uh, conveniently enough... um, in January of 1864, so you do the math between when Van Dorn is killed in May of 63, early May of 63, until January of 1864, there have been rumors for all other rumors for years that this really wasn't the story, that there was something else going on. So let's start with who was George Peters um, and who was Jesse McKissick? and where did they get married, and how did they find their way here to Middle Tennessee by 1863?
1: Well, Jesse was already living here because her father had moved here to Murray County earlier on, William McKissick. And so George was a first cousin. First cousin once removed, so they were related. They knew each other in that way. And she, he was a widower. He had been married, his wife died, he had four children. And they got married here in Murray County.
0: And they got married when? Um, May of
1: 1848. Yeah. Sorry, 58. Sorry, 1858. 1858.
0: And in 1860, they were living in Bolivar, right, mm-hmm. which in is Bolivar. West Tennessee.
1: But then she inherited a house from her father, and they're back here. So that's probably most likely when he died in the 1850s. Is they made their way back here to Murray County?
0: Right. So they are living here when the, um, well, around the time the war begins. Mm-hmm, and so, so they're here in 1863. Confederate cavalry. So as Nashville falls, federal troops move into Franklin in early 63. And so federal troops are just north of here. But the Spring Hill area is kind of an enclave of, um, of Confederate um, support. Mm -hmm. and um, Van Doren's cavalry is here. They're engaged at the Battle of Thompson Station in March of 1863, and eventually Van Doren ends up headquartered at Martin Chairs' home, and Martin was the older brother of Nat Chairs, and by the way, Nat Chairs, who had been imprisoned in 62, he's home by 63, Mm -hmm. so he and both of his brothers, Martin and John, are, are actually selling... Um, both hay and, I think, wheat, uh, wheat, corn. They're selling whatever they can sell to the Confederate cavalrymen, obviously lots of horses to feed, so Mm -hmm. these guys are making a buck even in the middle of the war. And then George Peters shows up, shoots Van Dorn, either side of the head, above the temple, back of the head, we don't know where he gets shot, at Chairs' house um, early March of '63. And then that's going to lead us into the next part of the story. Was
1: it May? Mm-hmm.
0: It was early May of 63. Okay. Peters is never tried. Mm-hmm. He's never tried. He's never convicted. And we'll get more to his story with Jesse later on. The basis of the story that I think most people have heard actually comes from George Peters' own account to federal authorities within weeks of the murder. And he said that he had found out that Van Dorn and his wife were having some relationship. He demanded an apology. Van Dorn said he would. He went to get to the apology. Van Dorn refused. And so he shot him in the head. And the rest, as they say, is history. But what may have really happened?
1: <laughs> um, it could have been not Jesse.
0: So Van Dorn may have been having a relationship with... Not another woman, but we suspect a young girl. Yes. Van Doren is in his early 40s at this point.
1: He is. So it, I don't know, it makes it more disturbing. I think not just the relationship to have it, but the fact that she is so young and she's at school. Okay, who's she? Clara, who is George Peter's daughter with his first wife.
0: And how old was Clara?
1: She was 15 or 16. So there are different variations on her age but she's not more than 16 right she's very young at this point
0: because one of the real puzzles about this is it's been assumed that the child that's born in january 64 and the child's name is medora so medora or not like dora the explorer right yeah right okay so it's like dora yeah so Medora is born in January of 60. This is such a dirty story. You have to somehow inject a little bit of humor into this because, you know, as I began to absorb this, I was like, oh, my God, this can't really be true. So this child, this teenager, mm-hmm. um, may have been the mother. So, Medora is born in January of 64. Van Dorn is long dead. Where was Medora born?
1: Medora was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Right. Jesse's in Spring Hill. I think that that's an important fact to understand right off the bat. Right. That Medora's born in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: And why was Medora likely in Memphis? Because...
1: Her her mother was in Memphis. Right. And And it makes so much sense that... If you have this young girl...
0: let's back up a second. Yes. Because how did her mother, how did Clara get to Memphis by that stage?
1: She had a lot of family that was in Memphis. Um, Her father, George Peters, had siblings that lived in Memphis, and Bolivar is nearby, and they have a plantation in Arkansas. So right right across the river. Lots of things going on, lots of family connections down in Memphis. And to get her away from Murray County seems the most logical solution. When you have a daughter at 16 years old in 1863 who's pregnant, send her to family where nobody here is going to know what's going on.
0: Right. Because one, it's a couple of pieces of evidence. One is actually a piece of evidence and one is a lack of evidence. Mm -hmm. It is stunning how the birth of this child is never mentioned. Ever. Ever. The chairs don't mention it. The McKissicks don't mention it. The Peters don't mention it. It's as if she does not exist. Mm-hmm.
1: And then she just appeared at 16. And
0: then she just appeared, well, at 16.
1: Well, that's about how old she was in 1880 on the Okay, census. yeah, but let's... Yeah. I
0: know. Right. So the, there's another piece of evidence that I think is really... Th- this is the piece of evidence that I've... And we talked about this just recently. Van Dorn had staff officers... OK, so they were with him, you know, every day. Somehow, Peters gets into Martin, shares his house, kills the general, and is able to, you know, get out. Now, it's possible he uses a small derringer. Maybe they just didn't hear the noise. But within days, they wrote out a statement mm-hmm. that was published, I believe, in an Alabama newspaper.
1: It's published all over right, the country. Right. The South.
0: Right. So it was published everywhere. And they said three things in the letter. The last thing they mentioned was they believed that Peters had killed Van Dorn because Peters was a unionist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. They said straight up that Van Dorn was not having any relationship with Jesse because they were around him all the time. But they mentioned something else and it was the first thing they mentioned. Now, we're not police officers or we don't work for the FBI. So, you know, we're just historians looking at documents. But people, they will tell you, they'll tell you the truth or they'll tell you what they really think is true, often by what they first say or what they'll first deny. And what did they first say?
1: Um, That... He didn't have a relationship with George's daughter, um, Clara, because he had only ever seen her one time. So... It was the first thing they hit.
0: The first thing they mentioned was that he had only seen the daughter once, One time. Which, which right away tells me they were aware of a rumor that was floating around about the daughter. Now, I think to be fair to them, they didn't believe that either. They were like, no, no, he only saw her once. And we know he wasn't having a relationship with the wife. Peters committed this dastardly deed because he was a dirty Yankee, you know, and and Van Doren got killed. But isn't it interesting how Van Doren's death was handled? There's virtually no mention of it. I checked, went back and looked at the official records. He's alive and then he's gone. There is no mention of his murder there's no it's just he's gone it's almost as if everybody either was happy to see him go you
1: mean in the official records yeah
0: there's no military correspondence to speak of about what happened he's just gone and i've heard stories about how his funeral was handled because eventually his body was taken back to to mississippi but that his casket wasn't even allowed in the church in Colombia because they eventually took the body there and I don't know if that's true but there's a, there's a lot of really odd stuff that is unfolding in the days after and again this bears repeating nobody who lived right here at Ripaville ever said a word about the birth of the child or the murder of Van Dorn nothing mm-hmm. it's as if it never happened so let's so now Van Doren's dead. Mm-hmm. Somebody's pregnant, and a child is born. Yes. This almost sounds like a Bible story, you know <laughs> oh Just so anyways, we fast forward to um, 1870. Where's the child?
1: Nowhere. She does not exist. She is not on any census, and I've gone page by page by page, looking for right. every door or Medora that I can find in any city that I think is applicable. With any family member that I can think of to look for, I mean aunts, uncles, cousins.
0: So the so the child by this time is about six years old, and mm-hmm. the child seems to be gone. Mm,
1: Where just gone.
0: is Clara?
1: Clara is at the Academy of Visitation in um, Missouri.
0: In St. Which, Louis, right? Yes. In St. Louis, near St. Louis, which right. is a Catholic school, and mm-hmm. George had admitted her there. In the waning days of the war. Mm-hmm. So so check this out. So George Peters took his daughter, and I think the Peters, like a lot of folks around here, they were either Methodist, Presbyterian, something young like that. Well, the chairs they were Methodists. Methodist. Yeah. All right, let's just say they were Methodist okay. or Presbyterians. They They're weren't Catholics, Catholic. right? Yeah. Weren't so Catholic. Peters takes his daughter, mm-hmm. even if it's in the latter stages of the war. He takes his young daughter, To a Catholic school. That, to me, is odd, Mm -hmm. how this girl is suddenly having a Catholic conversion, but maybe it was a place to take her. Um,
1: To keep her out of just society.
0: Right. To put her away. And then, so let's spin forward to 1880. So 1880, where's the child now?
1: Um, she is living with George and Jesse Peters in um, Arkansas.
0: Right. So they're living, they're just across the river from Memphis, I believe. Mm-hmm. Close. So she's living with them as their daughter. Yes. She's but listed she as
1: being a student. Right.
0: And she's a student where?
1: At the Academy of Visitation, uh-huh. which is the same school. Same place that the convent school that Clara is working at as a teacher by this point.
0: Right. So Clara is still in St. Louis Mm -hmm. at the school, which also has an an associated convent. And Medora, who's living with George and Jesse under the guise of being their daughter, even though she's listed as a student, is at the same place as the woman we believe is her mother. Yes. But what had happened a few years before? The Peters had gotten divorced.
1: They got divorced sometime between 1864 and I would say 1867 because they got remarried in Kentucky in 1868. And in the newspaper articles that announced it around the country, it said that um, because they got remarried, uh, their daughter, their daughter Clara, wasn't going to join a convent. Which is odd because she was already she was living there from 1865 on. She took different veils along the way, so I don't know in what sort of level, but there is there's something going on with that.
0: So if you like soap operas, um, this is like as the world turns, Days of Our Lives, all blended into one dirty little mess, mm-hmm. and and we don't really know what unfolds. So let's go forward from 1880 so so clara mm-hmm. later becomes sister
1: sister mary paula and she was a teacher at the academy of visitation she lived in the convent housing or the convent and she was actually a very talented music teacher she taught all of their music she was um, fluent in french and she's listed in almost all of the graduation exercises and when medora graduated from the academy of visitation Dora was there and Dora was um, performing, and she had, you know, she was in charge of the choir and things like that. Um, It's just crazy to see their names there together. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is George and Jesse's other daughters did not go to the Academy of Visitation. Right. Other daughter, one died young, but the other one did not. I think that's interesting.
0: So Clara or sister Mary Paula lived Mm -hmm. until like the 1920s, I believe. Yes. So we, we contacted, and, the, and the, the school and the convent, they're still there. Yep. They're still in operation. They sent us photographs. And I have to tell you, I mean, seeing the photograph of her as a nun was, was pretty amazing. But then we saw the photo of her as a child, and I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh,
1: probably about the time she entered the convent. Uh, probably she a, looked so young. Right.
0: And this would have been just after we think she gave birth to mm-hmm. this child and that Van Dorn was the father. And when I looked at that photograph as the father of two daughters, I was like, you awful human being. I, I, if it's true, I can see why Peters just walked in and shot him in the back of the head. Absolutely. Because Peters may have found out what was really going on. And so before we spin back to George and Jesse, because I think that's probably the best place to finish this story outside of Clara and Medora. So what happens to Medora? Medora.
1: Medora graduates, gets married, has a whole gaggle of kids. Um, she lived down around the same area that they did, down in um, Memphis. And she, when she died, she was buried in the Peters family plot down there. But when she died...
0: And she died in what year? Um,
1: 1931, I do believe. 1931. 1930s, at any point. But when she died... It was ten years after Jesse had died, and one of um, Medora's daughters gave the information on her death certificate, and she put parents unknown. Like, they didn't. She didn't know who her parents were, which is so odd to me. If Jesse was her mother and George was her father, because Lily, the daughter that gave the information, was staying with them. Whoa. There are newspaper articles. She was staying with Jesse, and I'm like, she knew Jesse. She she knew who she was. She, she probably never knew her grandfather, but so, she knew Jesse.
0: So Lily would have been let's call her the grandchild. Yes. She she would the grandchild of, you know, her mother's parents. She had no idea.
1: Mm-mm.
0: She had no idea who they were. No. I think I said that right. I think I said that right. So th- that that's a piece of evidence too. And it's very
1: compelling evidence.
0: Right. So I have wondered really from when we started to piece all this together with, you know, the school in St. Louis and the convent and she becomes a nun and then Medora lives, you know, but gets married. And so she doesn't follow exactly the path that Clara or her mother follows, but they're on similar paths for a while. I've often wondered if she thought they were sisters. if, If she thought that her mother was actually her sister, I don't know. But what I have really begun to strongly suspect is that Medora may have never known any of this story.
1: Yeah, maybe she just thought she was adopted.
0: Right, maybe that's what George... So to spin back to George and Jesse, that Medora may have never known, or she knew and simply kept it a secret, because I think some people did kind of know what was going on and they kept it under wraps, or George and Jesse simply told her that she was an adopted child and she was... Cared for and loved as their daughter, and that you know they went on with life as it was. The more I've thought about this, because I, you know, I've heard everything under the sun about Van Dorn, and I've heard about George Peters, and I heard about you know Jessie McKissick Peters, and how she and, and she could be sassy as all get out. We found that letter she wrote to Nat Chairs. Um, but I've really started to think that if it's true, if Van Dorn. And this young, this teenage girl had a child. And he was killed. And George and Jess... I mean, George obviously knew he'd killed someone over this. And Jesse knew. And everybody knew. Because it happened right here. Mm -hmm. This is a little town. You don't think everybody was talking? And they kept this secret. And they actually... I think it's possible that it created such a burden for them that they got divorced and then reconciled a few years later because they weren't, they were divorced for, you know, what, t- 10 years?
1: No, they were remarried in 1868.
0: Oh, that's right. So they were only yeah. separated for a, I'm sorry, separated it's, for just a few years.
1: Just the things that happened between 1863 and 1868 in one family because one, George shoots Van Dorn for, you know, sleeping with his wife or his daughter, one or the other. He shoots him, and then um, Medora is born in 1864. And then in 1860, 1864, 1865, um, Claire goes to the convent. And then in 1866, at the beginning of the year, George's oldest son with his first wife committed suicide after visiting with his father. And then late 1866, George, he kills somebody else. I think he stabbed that man. And then right after that, he and Jesse get remarried in 1868. I'm like, what is going on in this family?
0: Well, there's another, there's one other thing I forgot to mention. There's a letter, and I don't know that it, if it came from, I think it came from the the school in St. Louis. You know, they sent us a whole cache Mm -hmm. of material. And there's a letter being written by a cousin, and he's a Peter's cousin. And he's writing to his mother, and they live in Mississippi. Okay. And I can't remember the guy's name right now. And he specifically said the rumors about the general and uh, and George Peters' wife were untrue. It was the daughter. And I mean, he straight up said it. And mm. so, and this was and this was written within a, you know, I think within a pretty short period of time of all of this unfolding. But George and and Jesse remain to me really. I mean, they're obviously... George is obviously a central character. But I've said to you, I think that Jesse may have taken on this burden. Because there were all sorts of accusations being hurled around. Mm -hmm. And I think that you couldn't stop what was being said. And Peters, Peters may have... When he told federal authorities, he may have provided them with the most palatable information that they wanted anybody to know. Mm-hmm. Because if Van Dorn was, was doing this to a 15 or 16-year-old, this wasn't just infidelity. This was, I mean, today it would be assault, mm-hmm. rape. I, I don't know. And we never will. And, and, you know, I'm not here to defend Van Dorn because either way you cut it, he was doing something that he should not have been doing. But if it's what we think it is, I can't stress enough. I can see why Peters just walked in and shot him in the back mm-hmm. of the head, and that's where the staff officers found him, you know, face down on the on the table. And it happened right there. Martin Chairs, his wife, Nat, Susan, John Chairs, his wife, all the even people like Forrest. You know, th- there's all sorts of people connected to him. Nobody said a word. And this was an era people talked about everything Mm -hmm. except if it was something particularly awful and heinous. They were experts at covering it up.
1: That's why it's our job to look at all of... Which I love this about my job is looking at all of the legend and lore and all of the stories like that and then finding the facts around it. And all of those true facts that you find sometimes build up the truth entirely.
0: Yeah. And a good place to end is probably with Clara and Medora. And, you know, they had their own lives. One took this path. The other one took this path.
1: And both had long lives.
0: And I wonder... Clara may have known everything that went on. All of the facts. Medora may have never known. And, you know, maybe between George and Jesse, and Clara, they were all working together to allow Medora to have a, a normal life and not have to carry around this kind of baggage. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's it's an incredible story. We're, we're probably going to, in the days to come, um, post some photos of both, uh, especially of Clara. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, the home where this... Uh, where this murder occurred and, and, and just kind of round this out so people can see some of the players and Peters and and I don't know that I've ever seen a really good photograph of, of Jesse but
1: just an older picture I've never seen a younger picture right. of her, which is what she would have been when all this happened.
0: So um, last thing is you know I so many times through the years I'd heard people talk, tell the story about Van Dorn and Jesse and they're like Yo, <laughs> you know uh, this is what happened and I, I've, I've kind of thought, gosh, there's nothing, there's nothing about this story that's anything other than just really, really disturbing and entirely unique. Another example of what had gone on around here is kind of its own set of stories. I don't know of anything else quite, quite like this. And so, with that, um, any other final words on George and Jesse and Clara and Medora and Springhill drama?
1: I like Jesse. I think that Jesse, went out of all the characters in this story, what we think is true, Jesse stepped up the most, because she took the fall, to protect Clara and to protect Medora, and I just think what an amazing thing. Yeah, if I that I portion agree. Portion of the truth. If, if it, that story is true. If
0: it's true, she stood up to protect her husband's daughter mm-hmm. and a child that wasn't even hers. Yeah. And carried the burden of people thinking that child was likely hers because she and Van Doren had a relationship.
1: And this is something that followed her for the rest of her life because when they're buried, they're buried at Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis, only two graves are marked because they said there was there was too much um, attention to their graves. Really? Yeah. And I thought, that is interesting. Like George Peters, Jesse—they're not—they're not marked because of the scandal, the Van Dorn scandal.
0: All those years later.
1: All those years later, and I thought that's what they were protecting Medora from.
0: Yeah, and maybe that's why her daughter never knew who the parents were. Mm-hmm. Medora may have, or maybe she didn't. But the—but mm-hmm. her daughter clearly didn't. Yep. It was a secret well kept. Well, that's it for another episode of the old chalkboard history: Earl Van Dorn and the drama.